Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast where we dig into God's Word together and find life through Jesus Christ. My name is Ben Blakey. It's Thursday, the 16th of July, 2020. When I moved to Idaho, my love for one particular national holiday was renewed, and I am definitely talking about the 4th of July. I remember my first 4th of July here, our church, we were serving uh, people lemonade and water at the City of Meridian 4th of July celebration, and we stayed all the way to the end and watched the city fireworks show, and I thought, wow, that was really cool. And then I learned that actually the fireworks were just beginning. Because even as I drove home from the, the park in downtown Meridian to my home, all I could see in pretty much any direction I looked was more fireworks. I mean, the fireworks show was not centralized in just the downtown of the city. The fireworks show was everywhere. And even this most recent 4th of July, the highlight for me was taking my daughter even up. We went up to the top of our roof where we could see really good in every direction. And it didn't matter where we looked, there were just fireworks going off, making you just want to celebrate the United States of America and freedom. Well, when I think about celebrating freedom and just amazing displays of awesomeness everywhere I look, that's kind of how I feel when I read the book of Ephesians. On every page, in every chapter, it's just amazing displays of freedom, not political freedom, not America, but the freedom that we have in Jesus Christ. Christ and all the amazing things that he has done for us. And we're going to see more of the amazing things that Jesus has done for us as we look today at Ephesians chapter 2 verses 1 through 10. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 1 through 10. And it starts off by just describing our condition without Christ, which is way worse, I would say, than America's position before the revolution. Look at what it says. It says, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. Yikes! We were dead in trespasses. I don't know, but when I think of a dead person, I think of somebody that can't do anything. That was us. And that, oh, such a frightening phrase there at the end of verse 3, that we were children of wrath. We didn't have a close, intimate relationship with God at that point. We had a close, intimate relationship with judgment and destruction. That was us before Christ. And that's why verse 2 begins with two of the most beautiful words in the entire Bible where it says, But God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. What an amazing 
display of the grace and the glory of God. That while we were still sinners, as it says in Romans 5, Christ died for us. And here, while we were still sinners, God, he made us alive. He raised us from the dead spiritually. What an amazing display of God's grace. And then I love where it goes on, verse 6, and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Just like my first 4th of July here in Idaho, you know, when the fireworks show downtown was over, I had to learn actually it's just beginning. When we look at the grace that God has already shown us, it's amazing. But guess what? It's just beginning because it says in the ages to come, for eternity, God is going to be displaying the immeasurable riches of his grace for us. It's just, it's just beginning. We have a whole eternity ahead of us to celebrate the grace and the mercy of God. And in the meantime, that should lead to some of the things, again, that we talked about in our most recent sermon at Compass Bible Church, Treasure Valley, when we talked about the truth that God draws us to himself, we talked about how that should result in humble gratitude. And we see that here when we're reminded that we're saved by grace through faith, not of our own doing. It is a gift of God, not as a result of works. We we shouldn't boast. Instead, we should be humble and we should be grateful. And we also talked about on Sunday how that should inspire us to confident ministry, knowing that God is working. And we see verse 10, for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God has good works prepared for us. Let's go. Let's do it. That's the mindset that we should have when we consider the amazing grace that God has shown that God is showing, and that God will show in the future. And as we consider more of the impact that should have in our lives, I think that will help us now to look at the other New Testament passage we have today from the Gospels, Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6, and today we're just looking at verses 37 to 42. And I want to read just those first few verses for us, where it says, Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Well, the reality of everything that we read in Ephesians 2 should motivate us and enable us to obey this passage in Luke 6 which is basically saying we shouldn't be quick to judge and condemn others. We should be quick to forgive. We should be quick to show mercy. And then even there's that that idea of the measure you use will be measured back to you. And those that are generous, they will receive generously. I think it was on this passage once I heard a sermon and the preacher kind of used this phrase that kind of struck me, but as something that was convicting sometimes where he, he said, don't be a petty, angry grump. Right. Where when we can start being a curmudgeon, right, and judging others and condemning others and kind of getting into this frustrated mindset where we're viewing everything that everybody else does is not good enough and is this or as that. 
well, we should have a different perspective that's not quick to judge, that's quick to love others, quick to forgive others, quick to be generous towards others. And I love how these two passages that we've looked at so far in Ephesians and Luke work together. Because when we're seeing this firework display of the amazing grace of God and all that God has done for us, like we saw yesterday, the hope that we have, the inheritance that we have, the power that we have, or today, what he's done for us through Jesus Christ. When we consider all of that, what could the response be other than that we love other people? And that we're not looking down judgmentally on other people because we realize that we once were children of wrath like the rest of mankind. That should change our perspective when we look at others around us, even when we look out at our society. And that doesn't mean that we should just shrug off sin as no big deal. But even when we look and we see the sin of our society, our response is one of mourning and, and weeping and really crying out to God to have mercy on our society instead of a response of self-righteousness or thinking that we are so much better than others when the only reason that we are saved and now walking in good works is the grace of Jesus Christ. Well, as we turn our attention to the Old Testament, as we go back to 1 Chronicles, today we're going to see a lot of organization. We're going to see how the priests were organized. We're going to see how musicians were organized. We we look at 1 Chronicles 23 to 25. And again, there's a lot of names in here, a lot of details. But one thing I think that's worth noticing is even 3,000 years ago, worshiping God and organizing the people of God for worship took a lot of work. The the priests and the Levites were devoted to this. It even talks about whole families that were devoted to worship and how David even was working on instruments. And we see clearly was working on songs for to be sung in worship. Now, the cultural context might look different, but I think this should create some appreciation in your heart for all the people that do put their effort in to organize the worship that you experience. And again, we know worship is broader than just something we do when we gather, but when we gather, that takes a lot of work and organization. And maybe it's a reminder to you that God wants you to play a role in that. That God wants you to be a part of the body of Christ and to use your gifts to serve your local church and to be appreciative of all the others that are likewise using their gifts to organize the body of Christ so that the body of Christ can worship and can serve the Lord. That, that, that's something I think that, that is a fair thing for us to observe from this passage where we might be, wow, this was so different with the temple and, and everything else. But still today, God is not sending us to the temple to worship, but he's calling us to gather as as church. And there's no priests and Levites, but there are pastors slash elders and, and deacons and then just people serving in in the church. And that is an important thing. And God wants us, I think, to appreciate that. And God wants us to be involved in that. Well, let's look now at our psalm as we finish up Psalm 84. And you'll notice, you know, we think of familiar Christian songs and you'll you'll see, you know, you'll start humming to yourself as you read Psalm 47. We looked at verses 8 through 14, but you'll start singing to yourself in verse 10. Better is one day in your courts. Better is one day in your house. Better is one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere. A song maybe you've sung in church many times over the years. Well, this is where that psalm, that song comes 
from. And it's there in verse 10. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. And I think this is a good reminder for us all the time as we think about the nature of the Christian life, that the nature of the Christian life should never be to us merely just one of obligation, although there's times where it's a struggle and we fight and we discipline our flesh and we show self-control. But the big idea is that God is better and he is offering something better than the world has to offer. Think of what we've been looking at at John 6, where Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will not hunger. Whoever believes in me will never thirst. God is good and he is offering us something good and the world is deceptive and it's offering us destruction. That's why we say, I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. Or as the old hymn puts it, I'd rather have Jesus than anything this world affords today. We would rather be serving God and following him. And even if that meant, hey, I'm lowly and poor, then man, I've got everything and I'm living it up with the world. And verse 11 reminds us why. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. What's our view of God? Do we think God is a, you know, cosmic curmudgeon who doesn't want us to have any fun? Or do we realize, no, God is a sun and shield and he is generous and he wants to give good things to his people so much so that the psalmist can say no good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. It makes me think of Romans 8.32, which says, if God did not spare his own son, how will he not also with him give us all things? That even when we look at our lives, we can say, hey, if there's a good thing out there that God thinks would be good for me to have, I'm going to have it. And if he's not giving it to me, then it must not be good for me because God is a good and generous God. He is a sun and a shield. He bestows favor and honor. And that's why we can say, blessed is the one who trusts in you. And that's why we should observe the goodness of God and all the amazing displays of his glory and grace that we will see as we journey through the Bible together. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.